Welcome to the Gotta Pop podcast. My name is Buddy Gott, and I'm the founder and chief editor of Plethora of Pop, which can be found on medium.com or on plethoraofpop.com. On this show, I'll be talking each episode about new and classic things I've been enjoying from the worlds of music, movies, television, books, and some other things too. Sometimes I'll have guests on the show and sometimes I'll be doing them by myself. I thank you very much for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what do you think about remakes and reboots in movies and television? It seems like there's just more and more and more of them these days. What got me thinking about this topic was that a couple of days ago, it was announced that there's going to be a new movie version of The Fantastic Four, which is a famous superhero team from Marvel Comics. They've been around since the 1960s. And their journey to the big screen and their adventures there have been very hit or miss over the years. There was a um, there was an attempt to do a movie of the Fantastic Four in the mid-1990s where a film was made, but it was very, very cheaply made. It was a very low-budget movie. It ended up not even being released back then after it was filmed. Since then, though, it developed a large cult following as sort of like this fun kind of cheaply made movie that has popped up online for people to watch and there have been bootleg copies that have been available well for a long time even going back to the videotape days but uh, after that there became a popular movie version done of the fantastic four that starred oh who was in it um jessica alba was the invisible girl uh chris pine was the human torch and that one did pretty well. It even spawned a sequel. It was uh, the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Now, I never saw that one, but um, I don't know. I, mean, I liked the first movie well enough, the one with uh, Chris Pine, Jessica Alba. But it, I didn't love it the way that I wanted it, wanted to. And I don't know. I don't think it was the big blockbuster that Marvel and Hollywood had hoped it to be either. I think they hoped it to be more than just those two films that were made and now, years later, it was announced that there's going to be another one. I think it's projected to be a release for 2025. And apparently actor Adam Driver, who's well-known for the HBO series Girls and for starring in the last three Star Wars movies, um, he's in talks apparently to be Reed Richards slash Mr. Fantastic, the leader of the Fantastic Four team. And I've got to tell you, I, I like that actor a lot. But I don't know how excited I am about yet another Fantastic Four movie. It seems like it's already been done a couple of times. And I don't know. Maybe If you're going to do another one, maybe wait a little bit longer. Because the last one, I think it was less than 10 years ago that it was made. And I don't know. I think Hollywood needs to – I don't want to be one of those people that says Hollywood doesn't have any fresh ideas. Because, oh, man, they sure do. I mean there's tons of movies still being made. They're – with streaming services and all the different cable networks, there's more product being made than ever before. There's a lot of good creative stuff that's out there that is being made. But there's just been so many remakes and reboots lately. In addition to what I just mentioned, um, there's been so many reboots and remakes on television. I know recently there was a 
I think, a limited series on one of the streaming services based on the movie Fatal Attraction that came out. And uh, I didn't really have any desire to see that one. I love the original movie well enough, but I don't need to see like a, a new version of it as a TV show. And there's been other things like that, too. Um, well, let's just go with let's, – let, let's talk about movies first. Uh, in the past couple of years, there has been um, – a big remake of West Side Story that Steven Spielberg directed. I did not see it, but the reason I didn't see it is probably the reason a lot of people don't watch a lot of these remakes is that the original one holds a certain place in our memories and in our hearts as being something that, uh, I don't know, meant a lot to us when we first watched it, and we just don't care to see a new version of it. I don't wish the makers and the stars of these remakes and reboots any ill will um but maybe those things just aren't for me now i am more likely to there was another one too that uh, there's a couple that i haven't had any interest in like for example dirty dancing there was a remake of that uh a while back that i just didn't care to see uh what was the other one footloose same thing again nothing against those people but i don't know maybe 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 i don't know <laughs> Maybe come up with something a little bit different or wait a longer period of time to do those remakes. I understand that Hollywood maybe wants to tap into something that was popular from many, many, many years ago and maybe introduce it to a younger audience. Uh, I, I, I get that. And that that may even have worked especially well for West Side Story because the original was released in the early 1960s and then the other one didn't come out till well after 50 years after that. So I can see how you're going to tap into an audience that is not familiar with it. And I can understand that. But something that's a little newer, like, well, like the Fantastic Four movies and Dirty Dancing and Footloose, I don't know, maybe not the best idea. What I think can be good, though, I mentioned reboots a couple of times, which are slightly different than remakes, although it's all a little bit confusing, is um, some of the things on TV that have been continuations of old TV shows. There were two just this past season that I thought were pretty good for the most part. There was a a new continuation of Quantum Leap, which was a science fiction show that originally premiered in the late 1980s. And this is over 30 years later. It doesn't have the two main characters from the original Quantum Leap, but without giving away too much, they are both still... A part of this show. This is definitely an extension, an extension of the original series, and I think it's been incredibly well done. The first season just wrapped, and I had high expectations for this because I loved the original series, which I believe ran for five seasons, and I was afraid that they were going to sort of mess it up, but they didn't. They did a good job of it. And another one, too, that I think has been good that was just on it. They just finished their first – I think the first season just finished. It may still be going on. But that's Night Court, a sitcom that was popular back on NBC, same network as Quantum Leap, back in the 1980s and into the early 1990s that had starred um, Harry Anderson as Judge Harry Soon, who ran this <laughs> really crazy Night Court in New York City. And um, – Unfortunately, that actor passed away some time ago, so he's certainly not a part of this series. Uh, but this new series centers around his character's daughter, uh, who is also the judge of the same court, same courtroom. Her name is Abby Stone. And 
the only returning actor from the original series was John Larroquette, who famously played lawyer Dan Fielding in the original show. He won many awards for playing that role. I think he won the Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Award four or five years in a row. And the new show is... I think it captures it very much captures the feel of the original. It it's a sitcom. It's it's very very silly at times and the original was very silly at times too. But there's some likable characters and what now what misses the mark for me on this new one and I see this unfortunately in a lot of sitcoms that are on network TV on the big networks, you know, ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC is that I think the producers go a little bit crazy with the laugh tracks that they use on them where they sound just too fake, um, where maybe the laughs are extended for far longer than they should be. Like, for example, on this new Night Court, there's, there's been some scenes that I've seen that have been really funny and some great funny lines that deserved to be laughed at. But the laugh tracks are a little too loud and go on a little bit too long. And if they tone that down and also... I don't know, maybe, maybe fine-tune some of the things with the characters. I, I think that show could have a long life. I, I do like it. I know it right now it probably sounds like I don't like it. I think it. I think it's off to a good start. I think they've had about a dozen episodes so far. And like a lot of shows that are brand new, I think the writers and producers need to, you know, just find their, find their way with the characters and with the storylines. I think it's got a lot of potential. Let me try that word again. Potential. I think it has a lot of potential. So if you like the old Night Court, if you like the old Quantum Leap, maybe you want to give those new shows a try. And one other thing in terms of these, I don't know, I don't think this would fall into a remake category. It's certainly not a remake. It might be more of a reboot. There's a new series on Paramount Plus that is called Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. That is a prequel series to the original Grease. Uh, of course, Greece was a famous, you know, musical on Broadway and a big touring musical for many years before it was the popular movie that was made in the late 1970s that starred John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, which later spawned the 1982 movie Greece 2, which was the big first starring role for Michelle Pfeiffer. And I have a, a, a big soft spot in my heart for Greece 2. I'm one of those people that absolutely loves Greece 2. But I can talk about that in another show. And actually, I have plans to do so with a special guest of mine. But more on that later. Anyway, this new show is – it takes place four years before the events in the first movie, Grease. And it's about uh, this group of young ladies. They're students at Rydell High School, which is the same high school from Greece and Greece too, who are – in one way or another, each of them is a fall, I guess would fall into like uh, a misfit or outcast category. And they, through events that I'm not going to disclose here, they kind of band together and they decide to form their own little gang that becomes the Pink Ladies, which is prominent later in Greece and Greece too. And it's kind of neat. I've only seen, I think there's four episodes so far. I've seen the first two. And the first two really surprised me. I liked them uh, quite a bit more than I had expected to. I, I had a feeling that I was going to like the show going into it because I am a fan of Greece and Greece too, as I said. But um, yeah, this was this has been a pleasant surprise so far. I think it's off to a great start. It, they've chosen a wonderful cast. 
of young actresses and actors to be in this. And what's neat is this is another thing, another thing I don't want to talk too much about, but there are some characters in there who you will recognize from Greece. Um, maybe, well, maybe younger versions. That's all I'll say is, you know, younger versions of some characters that you may or may not know that you probably will know if you've seen the movie. Anyway, that's what I've got to say about remakes and reboots for now. And I highly recommend, like I said, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, Night Court, and Quantum Leap. Well, that was a fun, real tiny little piece of music there, wasn't it? And speaking of music, how's that for a segue? I want to talk now about some new and classic music that I've been enjoying. The new, the newest thing that I've been enjoying is the first full-length album from a semi-new group called Boy Genius. And this is a group that is um, – it, it's a trio consisting of three well-known artists who – got their start and their first bits of fame as indie musicians. And they are Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus. It may be Dacus. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's spelled D-A-C-U-S. And perhaps most famously of of those three is Phoebe Bridgers. And Phoebe has had a lot of success over the past few years, especially uh, with her album that came out, I think about two years ago now, called Punisher. Had a great song on it called Kyoto and just so many others. This is it's probably one of my favorite albums so far of this decade. Anyway, these three artists released an EP a few years back that did well for them. And now they've come out with their first album that is called uh, The Record, which is a perfect name for an album. And it just came out at the end of March and it's doing incredibly well for the group. It went all the way up to number four on billboards hot 200 chart here in the united states and i want to say if you're at all familiar with phoebe bridgers or the other artists that i mentioned i highly recommend this to you and even if you're not familiar with them i i highly recommend it i one thing that i'm going to be doing here in the show is with each episode i'm going to be creating a playlist on spotify that goes with the music that i'm talking about in the episode so i've put together one and it's going to contain i think i'm going to include three songs from the album in this playlist and what's on there is here's the three that i recommend that you check out they're called true blue not strong enough and leonard cohen yes uh they have a song named after the famous musician and poet leonard cohen and it's kind of neat because they actually use a line uh from one of his well an often quoted line from leonard cohen and the line came from a song called Anthem, which was from his album The Future in the early 1990s. The line is, I think it's a wonderful line, and it is, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So they refer to this line, Boy Genius refers to this line in their song, Leonard Cohen. And, and let me just read the lines that they sing. They say, Leonard Cohen once said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I am not an old man having an existential crisis at a Buddhist monastery writing horny poetry. <laughs> so um, I, I, I don't know if everyone would maybe view that as a tribute to Leonard Cohen, but it's a pretty cool reference to Leonard Cohen. And mentioning the Buddhist monastery is quite accurate. He spent many years at a Buddhist monastery in 
a place called it was Baldy Mountain in California. He he did become a Buddhist monk in addition to uh, it, was, it was through one of his breaks in making music. But in addition to still publishing poetry and music, anyway, it's a very very short song. I think it's less than two minutes long, but it's a it's a pretty cool one to listen to. So I recommend those songs to you. There's also another one on there. Oh boy, uh, scary title, but it's called Satanists, and it's uh, it's not a demonic song. You're not going to burn in the pit fires of hell if you listen to it. At least I hope you're not. I mean, don't hold that to me. If you're in hell, don't go cursing my name and you know wishing for me to be there with you. Uh, gosh, I hope you don't go to hell, and I hope I don't either. But let's get get away from that because I don't want to, you know, wish us any bad luck here. I want to talk about another album that I've been digging. It's an old one. It's from 1966, and it's called Daydream by the Lovin' Spoonful. You've probably heard of the Lovin' Spoonful if you're a fan of popular music. They had a lot of big hits in the 1960s, including, well, the title track from this one, Daydream. You probably know it. Some of the lyrics are, what a day for a daydream. Oh, did I just? No, that's not really my real singing voice there. But anyway, what a day for a daydream is the famous chorus from Daydream. And there's another great song on there that was popular called You Didn't Have to Be So Nice. And actually, I, I I listen to this album because I'm doing a series that I'm that I'm going to be writing on plethorapop.com, in which I'm doing a review of one album from each year that I've been alive. And this one came out the year that I was born in the 1960s. And I went for a walk the other day, and like a lot of music that was made in the 1960s, this is a really short album. I think it's around 30 minutes, maybe slightly longer than that. But I walked, you know, just for a little over an hour, ended up listening to this album a couple of times, and I loved everything that I was hearing on there. So I'm going to include actually several songs from that in the playlist that I've making. Like I said, there's Daydream, uh, there's Didn't, uh, You Didn't Have to Be So Nice. There's a great one on there called Didn't Want to Have to Do It, which I love. And a silly song called Bald Headed Lena, another one called Jug Band Music, another one Let the Boy Rock and Roll. It's just a really good, fun 1960s oldies album. So if you like old music and music from that era, I highly recommend that. And speaking of, I don't want to say old, but well, some of the members of this group are a little old now, is Whitesnake. Whitesnake, of course, was very popular primarily in the 1980s. I think they first got together maybe late 70s early 80s at the latest and uh, they split up for a little while but they've been back for a while primarily touring but they've also been releasing new albums every few years they've got a new album coming out fairly soon it's called still good to be bad that's a total great rock and roll album title isn't it and the album's not out yet like i said but they've already released three singles from the album and white snake of course um, like i said was popular in the 80s I guess a couple of their most famous songs were uh, Is This Love, which is a power ballad, a good rock and roll ballad. Um, Here I Go Again maybe their most famous song. It still gets played a lot on radio and on like, you know, satellite radio, oldie stations. Um, the Deeper the Love is another song that I loved a lot and a great, one of my favorite rock songs from the 80s called In the Still of the Night. So these guys could rock, but they could also put out some good, you know, rock and roll ballads and they can still do it. I'll tell you, these three songs that have come out so far, 
their sound might be a little bit different because the singer David Coverdale, his voice has changed a little over the years, like a lot of rock and roll singers' voices do, just because they've been singing for the bulk of their lives. So maybe their voices aren't quite as powerful as before. But Coverdale still has a powerful voice. It just sounds a little different. And there's a couple songs on it. Well, let me just tell you about each of these. There's one called uh, Can You Hear the Wind Blow, which I like a lot. It's a good rocking song. And there is uh, another power ballad from them called All I Want Is You. It reminds me a little bit of Is This Love. It's got that same feel to it. And another great rocking one called Call On Me. So I'm going to include all of those on the playlist, which I'm going to have a link to in the notes of this article. So if you're looking for some new music, there's some acts for you to check out. That little piece of music there seems like it could have been a short segment of music in an old video game from like the 1980s or something like that. And really there was arguably not many video games back then that were more popular than the line of Mario Brothers games that were out there. And I think it all started with Donkey Kong, then it was Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Mario Brothers Mambo Party and Mario Kart and Mario Marachi. I made up a couple of those, but my point is, is there was Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers was really popular. I keep going back and forth there between Mario and Mario because my wife uh, has pointed out to me that I've been maybe saying Super Mario Brothers wrong. Uh, she says Mario. I do this because I had a childhood friend named Mario. So that's what's, I guess, ingrained in me. So sorry about that if I'm offending any Mario people out there. Um, anyway, the reason I bring all this up is because there's a new movie out called um, The Super Mario Brothers Movie. just came out, I think, at the end of March, sometime in March of this year 2023 and it's an animated film that has been a big blockbuster it's been one of the most financially successful releases of 2023 so far and my wife and i were both fans of the games when we were kids and maybe for me i when i was a young adult i think that's i was in my early 20s when i really got into uh mario brothers I played for hours and hours at a time until I could have the perfect score. I would just, I was into it, really, really into it. Um, but anyway, we were both fans, so we were excited when this movie came out. And we went to see it opening weekend. And I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. I wouldn't I would say it's the most fantastic movie I've ever seen, but it was a fun way to spend a couple of hours. And it's got an amazing cast who, this is an animated movie. And some of the actors and actresses that are in this are very well known. Uh, for example, Chris Pratt, action star and star of comedies and all kinds of things. Chris Pratt is Mario. His brother Luigi is played by Charlie Day, who is maybe best known for his work on the television series It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You've got uh, actress. I, I personally, I don't think I'm familiar with her. Anya Taylor Joy. She plays Princess Peach. You've got Keegan Michael Key plays Toad. Uh, Fred Armisen is in there as Cranky Kong, and you've also got Jack Black in there as Oh my gosh, drawing a blank on his name. Oh yeah. 
Bowser, of course, Bowser. I don't know how I temporarily forgot Bowser. I don't know if it, I don't know. I was trying to block it out because it reminded me of the character Bowser from Sha Na Na, the popular band from the 1970s and early 80s who also appeared in the first Grease movie. See, it all goes full circle here. And, and I'm just making a silly joke there because I liked Bowser from Sha Na Na. I dig the band Sha Na Na. And I'm going to stop talking about Sha Na Na because I'm talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie right now. And it is a lot of fun. The cast is fantastic. And I mentioned Jack Black there. He's, he, he, I really like the work that he does in this movie. There's also, uh, I don't want, you know, it's, it's an animated movie. I'm not spoiling it much here, but it's a couple of little musical interludes where Bowser is playing piano and singing. And it so reminded me of things I've seen Jack Black do over the years. And you know, like I said, it was, it was, it was a fun movie. If you, I, I, we don't have children, Lisa and I don't have children, but we still thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It was fun seeing it in the theaters because there, of course there were children in the theaters and I was kind of blown away by how well the kids in the theater seemed to know the, the video game. There was a kid in our row. He couldn't have been more than five years old. And he kept yelling at the screen. And it was cute. And it was entertaining because he was talking about, like, the different mushrooms that Mario would need to jump and get and the powers that they had, you know, what he needed to do. And I'm like, this kid's, you know, little, little Einstein here. Or maybe not a little Einstein. But anyway, he knew his Mario brothers, all right? So if you enjoyed the old video game, if you're looking for a fun movie to watch, I don't think you can go wrong with that one. It's, of course, there there was an earlier version, uh, an earlier movie made, gosh, I guess it was 30 years ago now. It was 1993 that starred Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper, John, I, I always mispronounce his name, and I apologize to you, John, if you're listening, John Leguizamo, something like that. Um, that was okay. That was a live-action movie. I think this one's a little bit better, a little more entertaining. So, hey, if you get a chance, watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that's going to do it for this second episode of Gotta Pop. I thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me today. And I just wanted to say, too, that if you are a fan of books or writing or both, like I am, I want to recommend my other podcast to you, My Wife, Lisa, and I. Wait, I want to go back there and and do this right. My wonderful and absolutely lovely and beautiful wife, Lisa, and I – just started our own podcast about books and writing called the Storied Page Podcast. We've done one episode so far. We did that about a week ago, and that can be found on all the places that you find fine podcasts. So I'll put a link to that in the notes as well. And if you want to find me elsewhere, I can be found at the aforementioned plethoraofpop.com and also thebuddygot.com. I was hoping when I set that up to just get buddygot.com, but For some reason, it wasn't available, so it's thebuddygot.com. Again, I thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you tune in again soon. Thanks. Have a wonderful day.